0: Hello and welcome to ADHD Fest, the podcast all about adult ADHD with a little bit of self-development and maybe even a little bit of law of attraction thrown in there, always with an ADHD slant, of course. I am your host, Tara Pratt. How are we all this week? I am again in the midst of summer holidays. Will they never end? Who can say? No, I'm actually enjoying the summer holidays this time around, which has been a shock. Um, but unfortunately, COVID came slap bang in the middle of it and it took me out for a week. I'm just about over it now. But yeah, it's going around again. Anyone else? So forgive me if I'm a little bit foggy this morning. Anyway, today we are talking about harnessing your hyper focus, which believe it or not, is related to me having COVID this week. So that is why I thought I'd share that with you. I got a bit of a cold and got over it really fast and I was like, oh wow, my immune system's doing well. And then I started with the banging headache and then I was just eating some of my favourite food and I thought, God, this tastes like cardboard. This uh, restaurant's gone downhill. And then I realised, oh no, wait, my taste has gone. After, I know a lot of people don't really test for COVID anymore and to be honest, I wouldn't have done only, we were going to see relatives and I didn't want to get them ill and also... I just knew it was something worse than a cold, especially once I lost my sense of taste and I was going quite dizzy. So I found an old test in the cupboard and thought I would test myself. But the problem with that is as soon as you know for definite it is COVID, you, well, me at least, my conscience would not let me go anywhere or do anything. So I basically isolated myself to one room of the house. That's not the guidelines anymore, but I just felt like I really didn't wanna pass it on to anyone not even my family, which meant I had a lot of time to myself. And the first day I just wasted, I was doom scrolling. I was pretty tired, so I couldn't really do anything productive. I would have liked to have done some like podcast from bed or something, but I just didn't have the energy and my brain was so confused. So by day two, I wanted to do something more useful with my time and my, I wanted to use my hands, keep myself busy because otherwise I would be bored and boredom is death. Um, So I remembered my little phase, my hobby of crochet and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to get all my wools out. I'm going to watch Rubbish Telly and I'm going to do some crochet while I'm sat here. I used to love crochet. I used to do it all the time, but it's that old ADHD cliche where you start a project, you start a hobby, you get all the items that you possibly can to do with it. You get really into it. You hyper-focus, you get really good at it and then you're completely bored by it. It's dead to you. You don't feel like you ever want to do that hobby again. And I kind of got like that with crochet. But because I was ill and I couldn't do anything, it forced me to pick it back up again. And I love it again. The hyper focus has been great. And guess what? It's producing something from that time. It's not wasted time. My little boy loves, I've been making like little stuffed animals. So I made him some turtles. I did share them on my Instagram if you wanted to know. But also I've gotten into like patterns and now I'm thinking, oh... I'm still keeping it as a hobby because if I don't treat it as a hobby, that's usually death to whatever I'm doing. If I decide I'm going to charge money for it, it usually kills it for me. So basically, it's still going to be a hobby. I'm not really going to sell any of the items that I make, I don't think. But I was thinking I might start trying to write my own patterns and then sell them online because you only have to do it once and then it's digital download for everyone. So anyway, down the rabbit hole with that. But all of this to say... I really discovered some things about harnessing hyperfocus. I sat there and I thought, okay, what is making this possible for me? Because it's been a good three or four days that I've constantly been interested in crochet and been doing it. And even now that I'm well, I'm still finding myself wanting to do it. And I would love to use this in other parts of my life, harnessing that hyperfocus. I don't care what anyone says, hyperfocus is a superpower. I know some people get upset by that because it's really hard for us to point that hyperfocus in the direction we want it to go. We find it really hard to do something that doesn't interest us. But I still think it's a superpower because even though we can't point it at exactly what we need to get done right here, right now, we can use it in a productive way on the things that we enjoy. And yes, it would be useful to be able to use it on like doing your tax or something, But there is use in doing something you enjoy and doing it well for a long time and using that hyper-focus skill to do it. And they are productive. Maybe they're not the most productive thing you could ever do, but they're 100% productive and there's people that don't have the skill of hyper-focus that don't get those rewards or benefits. They might be able to do their taxes better, but it doesn't mean they enjoy it. It doesn't mean they can hyper-focus on it. It just means they can get it done. But then they miss out on all the good juice from hyperfocus on things they do enjoy. They just do them in small um, snippets of time, not the same way we are laser focused and we get really good at it fast. It takes them a lot longer than it does for us. So I do feel like hyperfocus is a superpower. And I started looking at my own situation and wondering, right, how am I focusing this hyperfocus on something that is useful to me? It's not novel anymore. It does give me dopamine because it's a bit of a challenge. It's not instant gratification because it takes a while to get it done. And I do normally find that situation really hard. So basically, I looked at my own situation and I've taken some useful things from that that I'm going to share with you. And i am also decided to do some research online. And I found an article on the Attitude, A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E, Attitude blog or magazine. I think it's like an online magazine. I thought we'd work through an article that I found there, but I'm also going to put my own input into it as well. And hopefully it can help you to really use that superpower that we've been given the gift of hyperfocus. We can use it. Maybe we can't use it to do like life admin. And that's another problem for another day, but we can use it to have positive benefits within our lives. So the Attitude Mag, it's attitudemag.com. They give a really useful step-by-step list of what you should do. So I'm just going to walk you through that and I'm going to add my own parts in between. So number one, it says gather all the tools that you'll need for the project ahead. Decide what you want to hyper-focus on. You're going to have to pick something that you are remotely interested in. You're not going to be able to pick something that's a real hard slog. But on saying that, little caveat, I do think the more you use this hyperfocus, I find the more I can use it on something that I choose, even if it's not the most useful, but something interesting, it's like a muscle. You do build that muscle and you do find tolerance for doing tasks longer. I know if you've never tried it before, that might sound impossible, but I promise you it's true. Start with something you like and hyperfocus on that for a certain amount of time and then Try something you still like, but maybe not as much as that first task you did. And slowly but surely you do build the muscle. So one we need to gather all the tools for that project. So pick your project. Maybe it's painting a room that you've been putting off. Maybe if that's if you enjoy that. We're talking about the the things we want to choose are the to-do list items that we actually want to do. But we still can't do because of like adhd paralysis so when we've got that long list in our heads of oh, i've got to do the dishes oh, i've got to clean the car i've got to do the laundry oh, i've got to do i keep coming up with me taxes i've got to paint that room in that list there usually will be three or four things that you actually do really want to do like painting i wanted to paint the front door for ages and i just couldn't get myself to do it and the Reason I think we have that problem is because within that list, there's other things that are more urgent and more important that we feel like we should do first before we're allowed to do the things that we like on the list, like painting a room. But I'm here to tell you that that's not gonna make any difference. Let's look at it realistically. Realistically, you could do all them jobs on your list that are more important than painting the room and three more will be added there'll always be something more urgent and more important on that list. Secondly, by being an executive uh, dysfunction and ADHD paralysis, you're never going to get any of the jobs done. So you can tell yourself, I'm not allowed to paint that room until I've done the washing and the kids' new uniforms and whatever, whatever. But guess what? You just end up not doing either. You don't paint the room and you don't do the kids' uniforms and you don't do the washing. So Just pick any job off that list. Any is better than none. It's like that old saying, fed is best. Like, yes, we should be eating healthy. Yes, we should be doing healthy things. But better to be fed than not eat at all. So again, better to be productive with something on that list than not do any of it at all because it's not the most important task on your list. So yes, pick your topic, pick your project and then gather all the tools all together. So before you even start, just make sure you've got all the tools. Nine times out of 10, that is exactly what stops me in my tracks. I'll start cleaning the bathroom and then I'll realize, oh, I haven't got the cleaner that I like to use for the bathroom. And that shouldn't stop you. You can use alternative cleaners, but it does stop me a lot of the time because I'm like, oh, I better order that from the shop. And then I'll sit down, I'll put it in my online shop and the next minute I'm scrolling. So you wanna make sure you have nearly everything you need to hand easily accessible, not that you have to go into another room to get because we have obviously a strong tendency to get distracted. So make sure they're all in the room with you where you need them at easy reach. And that includes any like refreshments that you might need, a drink, uh, you know, some snacks, play your music if you need to. One thing that can help with this because I know it can be overwhelming. And again, that's a part of executive functioning issues is what if I don't know all the tools that I need? Oh, I can't think. What's more important? Do I need something specific? I have a tool to help you. And I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I'm going to mention it as many times as I can because I never know if there's someone new listening. But it's Goblin Tools. The app called Goblin Tools. It's free on um, your like web server. Is that what it's called? Like Chrome, Safari, things like that. It's free to use it on there. I bought the app, which was 99p on Apple well worth it. All you want to do is go in there on the magic to-do list, and I tested this out myself. I put in on the magic to-do list, gather items for painting the front door, and then you put that in and then you just press the magic wand and it comes up with all the things that you're going to have to do and all the things you need to gather. So here it's got gather paint brushes, gather paint rollers, painter's tape, a drop cloth or plastic sheeting, a paint tray, You can see it just takes all the thinking out of it for you. So go on Goblin Tools, come up with your list and then gather them all in one place. Number two on this list is set the mood, which I've already touched on a little bit, but basically says once you've got everything you need in that room, create optimal working conditions for what you like for your brain. Do you work best with white noise or music or no sound at all? Do what you can to create your favorite atmosphere. So I'll give my example. It depends on the project that I'm doing, but generally I'm cleaning. Usually that's the biggest project in my life daily. And we live in quite a big house. I'm the person that is mainly responsible for the housework here. What I've found particularly useful for me, I used to listen to podcasts like this one. And yes, that is very useful for me. I can get loads done listening to a podcast but then I found the body doubling podcasts, clean with me podcasts, where they talk you through cleaning a specific room, or maybe you want to spear clean your whole house. That's what I listen to. And it works as well as listening to a normal podcast, but it actually, I do not know how it works, but it actually makes me clean faster because they give you like little reminders throughout of like, okay, now we're going to do the dishes. Okay. Should be fish, finishing up the dishes. Now next we're going to sweep. It stops me from getting stuck in one job while I'm listening to like an interesting podcast and taking my time. It really helps me whiz through the housework when I listen to one of them body Dublin podcasts. And shameless plug, I have just started one myself because the one I listen to is American and it's not quite exactly what I want. And also... I love the Clean With Me podcast, but I want to do body doubling for a million things. I want to do it for exercise. I want to do it for maybe a project. Maybe we could do it for like a crafting project. We could do a craft with me. Um, I want to do it for meal prep. So I have started my own. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. It's called the ADHD Fest Body Doubling Podcast, and it should be listed somewhere on the main page. And also it's over on Patreon. So it's patreon.com forward slash ADHD fest and it's an option on there as well so you could use those maybe you prefer music maybe you prefer no noise at all maybe this is like your meditative is that the right word time (laughs) maybe you just like a bit of white noise or maybe you like a friend with you is there a project you can do with a partner with a friend could you have a friend on a phone call on speakerphone and just be chatting to them and catching up on the goss while you're doing the project work out what works best for you and do that three turn off all distractions now i find this one very hard and it does say that it says most people find it hard but the reward will make it worth it that's what you've got to keep in your mind is the end goal what is the end goal oh another thing just skipping back a step i like to light a candle i don't know why but i just love to be in a nice smelling room whatever i'm doing um anyway back to turning off all distractions you want to close or at least silence your notifications. If you're waiting for something important, then you can always set an alarm to check your notifications, but just try your best to ignore them. Turn all those sounds off on your phone, all the vibrations. I've done it so many times where I've been working and I remember myself working on a document on my laptop and next minute I'm looking at my phone and I realize I've been looking at my phone scrolling for 15 minutes and I've got no idea how I got from one task to the other because my brain is so automatic and just gets sucked into things. I had no idea how it happened, but it must have been that I got a notification on my phone, picked it up to check it, And then ended up automatically going into other apps and doing things on there and completely forgetting that I was meant to be working on a document. So distractions really do, they hurt everyone. They hurt neurotypicals. So we in particular need to be kind to ourselves. We need to know that about ourselves, that we can't ignore the distractions. Don't need to turn your phone off, especially if you're using it for like a podcast or something, but just turn off those notifications. Hopefully if you're hyper-focused, you're going to get sucked into the task ahead of you anyway. Next, number four, it says decide on time frame, and it says that they usually work in 45 minute intervals. I disagree with this. If you've only got 45 minutes, then great, you can get loads done in 45 minutes. But for me, when I'm hyper focusing, it's got to be at least an hour and a half. The time goes so fast. And also, it takes a lot for me to get into that hyper focus mode. So if I'm out of it in 45 minutes, It's really just wasted. Like at once I'm going, I'm going, you cannot stop me. And I feel like an hour and a half isn't that long really, is it 90 minutes? As long as you obviously been for a week and you've got like, as long as you've got your water with you, you're enjoying yourself, you know, ride the hyper focus train. I would go for an hour and a half personally, but I would then set the timer just to check in with myself because when we are in hyper-focus, sometimes I do ignore my body's needs like going to the toilet, like hunger Like tiredness, sometimes you just need to stop and check in. Okay, am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I grumpy? Am I enjoying this anymore? And I just feel like after an hour and a half, it's a well-earned break after that. Then it says, set an alarm clock. I think that ties in with number four, to be honest. What's the point in that step? (laughs) Decide on a time frame number four and set an alarm clock number five. Come on, we're oversimplifying that now. Take a break. So when your alarm goes off, again, I feel like this could just be attached to four and five. Take a break and drink a glass of water, use the restroom and walk around a bit. And it says here that the brain focuses best when it's hydrated. So consider drinking a glass of water between all breaks. I would consider just taking in a water bottle to the project with you, taking drinks. And if you don't remember to drink, then chug it in your break. And then number seven, it says repeat the above. So it says in order to create a habit that works to your advantage, it's important to repeat the process until it becomes second nature. The first few times might not work out so well. You may forget things on your list or forget to set your alarm. That's perfectly normal and okay. I want to say, yeah, if you stumble at the first hurdle, please don't give up. These are all new techniques. We're just trying to work out what works best for us. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I'm not saying like bang your head against a brick wall and do this 10 times, but please don't be disheartened the first time if you're distracted. We're just trying things out here. I also wanted to say, they're saying in order to create a habit and make it second nature, then you need to do it over and over again. And I would slightly disagree on that point again. And this is why if you're on TikTok, which I know a lot of us ADHDers are, you'll have seen a, a few people have said it, but in particular, Casey Davis, who wrote the book, How to Keep House While Drowning. She's got ADHD and she was talking about how we don't form habits nothing becomes second nature for us. I'm still on the fence about that. I'm still trying to like test it out in my own brain because there are some things that I definitely do through habit. And I feel like, like when I'm driving, I do feel like I go into like an automatic pilot. So I'm not sure on that, but you know, the basics have never become habit for me. Washing my face, brushing my teeth, having a shower. I do them because my brain has associated them with a pleasant outcome. But there's never a time that I don't have to think through every step of that. I do think that's related to the ADHD. Making something automatic in my head would make life so much easier. And that is probably the problem. Every task that I look at has a million steps to it that I have to think through in my brain as I do them. Get the toothbrush out. Which toothpaste am I going to use today? Put the toothpaste. Have I put enough toothpaste on on the toothbrush? Brush my teeth, am I doing long enough? Have I hit every tooth? I mean, this is just the narrative that goes through my head when brushing my teeth. And I asked my husband about it and he's like, nothing. I just do it automatically. Yeah, habits are hard for us to create, but I still think this is worth doing over and over again repetitively. Because one thing I have noticed about my own brain and lots of other ADHDs brains is, although I don't create the habit, I do reinforce like a connection in my brain that tells me it's pleasurable. So my brain lies to me about a lot of things, particularly cleaning. Particularly cleaning, it tells me it's not enjoyable. You won't like it. It's really hard work. It's horrible. Why do we have to do it? And then the more often that I do it and the more I get into a routine with it and I'm strict with myself and I put on my body doubling podcast and I go... The more I realized halfway into it, actually, I really enjoy this. I'm really enjoying it. And I never would believe that about myself because my identity is I hate it. I hate housework. But every time I do it, I realize I actually really enjoy it. And the same happened for me with the gym. I never wanted to go, but I knew my health was so bad after the pandemic that I forced myself. And the more I repeated it, it's still not a habit. Still, if I give myself an option in the morning, I will not go to the exercise class but more often than not I choose to go because I've realized I enjoy it it's pleasurable and it's really good for me as well so it's win-win so even though it's not a habit to go I don't just automatically and if I miss it I'm, I'm not like oh no I didn't do my habit it's just that I want to go it's a positive now because I've done it that many times now I find it easy I find it fun and I think it's the same with the hyperfocus. It's the same as what's happened in a really fast time period over the last week for me with the crochet. I've done it more and more. I didn't do it all day, all night. I took breaks from it, but I did it more and more. And I was like, oh yeah, I actually really enjoy crochet. For some reason, my mind's been lying to me this whole time going, oh, it's hard and you've got to work out the patterns and you won't remember the stitches. But the more, I, the more you do something, although we might not be able to form habits, who knows? the more you do something, the more you create that trust within yourself that actually I can trust myself to remember these things. I can trust myself to hyper-focus and do a project. I can trust myself that actually I might enjoy that project that I've been putting off that I thought I would not enjoy. And actually, if you use goblin tools for the executive functioning parts, it's especially enjoyable. Honestly, I cannot wait to go on holiday next time because I'm literally gonna put pack a bag for holiday in in Goblin Tools. In fact, I'll put obviously wherever we're going, pack a vacation bag for Spain, Italy, whatever. And I just can't wait for it to give me an exact list of what I need to put in there. And I have done none of the work. Anyway, I hope that's been an interesting podcast for you today. I really love pointing out the strengths of ADHD and focusing on them because I think, you know, we should definitely share our problems with each other. We definitely want to be relatable. We don't want toxic positivity in this ADHD fest world of ours. But I do think the way to not eradicate the weaknesses, but just to make them fade into the background a bit more is to focus on our strengths and really find the positives, find what we're good at. And then slowly but surely the weaknesses will become less and less important. We want to work on our self-love, our self-respect and we can't do that if we're focusing on our weaknesses. I think we should acknowledge our weaknesses. I think we should accept our weaknesses and I think we should know what they are and then find an alternative for ourselves. Have compassion, stop bullying ourselves and saying, well, you should be able to do it. Why can't you do it? That's easy. Why? And focusing on the things we cannot do. We should be like, do you know what? I find that really hard and I'm not going to focus on that area for now and I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I've got ADHD. I'm going to focus on what positives I can bring to the world and to my own life, to my family's life. And I'm going to congratulate myself for them because they are unique. They are worth something. They are of value. And I hope this has been a great listen for you. Don't forget to check out that extra subscription members only podcast, the ADHD Fest Body Dublin podcast. There's already one up for you there. And you can check that out. Don't forget all the links below. I'll put them in. I'm over on TikTok at ADHD underscore fest I'm over on Instagram at ADHD fest I'm over on Facebook mostly in the group which is ADHD fest the group find your fire find your flow and don't forget the links down below to sign up for the newsletter if you want to hear about what's coming up next sorry that was a really loud car there's also the free adult ADHD UK diagnosis bundle on there with all the forms that you might need for the uh, right to choose option and is there anything else I don't think there is, so I'll just see you next week or I'll see you over on the Body Dublin du- Body podcast. <laughs> see you guys, bye.